This is COVID and I, a feel-good podcast that relates to and addresses how we have managed lockdown, loss and lunacy. Join us as we explore the positives of COVID. It's had a powerful effect on us all. But who are the friends we have made and what are the things that we have learned from a scout's perspective? Hi, I'm Paul and you are listening to Sound Ideas to Share podcast, COVID and I. Today, I am in conversation with Kyle Darling, who runs the pub, The Cambridge. Hello, Kyle. Hello, how are we doing? I'm really good. Um, Would you introduce yourself, please, to um, the podcasters? Yeah, absolutely. I'm Kyle Dowling. I um, run a pub in Cambridge. It's not the Cambridge, it's a pub in Cambridge, yeah? It's a pub in Cambridge, yeah. Yeah, there's a famous pub in Liverpool called the Cambridge. Um, oh, is it? it Never been there. By, <laughs> yeah, it's by the university, I think, and, um, you know, uh, it's a very popular pub. Um, I'd just like to ask you, um, what brings you to us today? Could you give us the lowdown and um, we have some questions for you and, you know, um, I think it'd be really great to get your point of view. The podcast is about COVID and I. You went on something of a personal journey with your health and well-being, Kyle, during the pandemic lockdowns um, and there's been a few of them. Could Mm. you tell us about this? Yeah, no, absolutely. So, when the first lockdown happened, um, me, like everybody else, didn't know what was going to happen, what was going on. And uh, lucky enough for me, when Boris said close the pubs, I ended up having COVID that day. And I was like, oh, thanks, Boris. We're closed now. That saved me an awkward phone call. So then we had this six months that passed with my housemates. And it was very stressful. And I got very depressed. And I didn't handle the first one very well at all and then when we reopened and then this we had a few months of being open then the second lockdown as i was getting towards that knowing that was going to happen i was like i I can't do what i did in the first one again you know i have to get myself together i put on like four stone in the first lockdown and i was like no i need I, i need to sort myself out so the first day of the first lockdown i decided right i'm gonna start regimenting my days and not just sit there in front of the TV and become a potato. I'm gonna start doing stuff every day. So I kind of started off, dusted my old weights off, did a training session on the first day. I went, oh, I'll go for a walk. So I went for a walk. And then this started becoming like a daily thing. I was like, I'm not just gonna sit here and wallow on the news and see what's going on. I'm gonna do stuff every day. So I kind of started getting myself into better shape and looking at working out and buying new equipment i think everybody kind of started doing that but i was really giving it 110 percent. i thought you know every day i woke up it's like oh do i work out this morning or do i have my breakfast and go for this massive walk like i've got asda down the road from me 10 minutes away i want to leave the house i went the opposite direction i'd walk seven eight miles to something that's 10 minute walk away just to get myself outside and feel better and you know see the outside world, avoid as many people as I could, obviously. I went for a very nice park drawing. Um, and then I come back and be like, oh, I have so much. Oh, I'm going to work out. I'm going to do that. And then kind of when the first month of that finished, I started thinking, hmm, is there anything else I can do? 
and I had all these um, collectibles. I was like, I'm going to start my own little eBay business. So I then started putting things online and selling things left, right and center, going to the post office every day as well. So adding that to my routine. Uh, made, made some very nice friends with the ladies that work at the post office as well. They were lovely. Um, and yeah, no, and that was like my whole six months, like every day being regimented and doing something. And occasionally I'd have one day a week where I'd have, I'd go a bit mental and have a couple of drinks with my housemate and play video games all night. But that was only like once a week. You know, kept that day special and made sure I didn't have to do any uh, orders the next day. <laughs> Keep myself sane. And I even turned my pub that I live in into like a packing center. I had boxes everywhere to get ready for packing. And so I had a workspace as well as my home. So I could kind of split the two up, um, which did wonders for myself and my mental health. And anytime I was feeling a bit low, if I woke up and this, that, and the other, I'd get on the phone to somebody and just start chatting, see how people were doing, see, you know, make myself feel better, make them feel better as well, especially with the staff who were worried about oh, are we going to have a job to come back to? Or are we going to have this, that, and the other? And I was like, oh, it's fine. Don't worry about it. You know, I'm, I'm okay with it. Yeah, you'll be okay. Don't worry about that. Um, which, yeah, no, definitely helped the second lockdown compared massive difference from the first lockdown completely. Absolutely completely. Um, I was a, a little bit disappointed when they said reopen the pubs because I got everything really down really well. And I was like, oh, I've got to let people in now. I've got to let people into my little packing centre. <laughs> which then made my house the packing center, <laughs> which was quite funny. But yeah, no, that's that's what I did during it, just to keep myself together. What was it about the lockdowns that you found challenging, Kyle? I, I'd say with the first one, I said I, I didn't do very well with the first one. It was talking to the same two people every day and going through, like, it felt like I was on repeat of the same day, just repeating itself again and again and again. And I think that very much stressed me out, not being able to see my loved ones that live in Liverpool or um, be able to see my mates and stuff like that in Cambridge as well. And I kind of started having that in the second one. I think it was like the first two weeks of the second one. I was like, oh, I'm just going to video call everybody, you know, just like walking down the road. Like, oh, I'm going to give that person a call. Let's see how they're doing. And I think it was kind of not seeing people, um, which really affected me and not being able to talk to people and then changing that a little bit in the second one. found the one thing most challenging when I was going on my walks is I'd bump into customers of mine and they looked really lost just walking around going, I don't know what to do. I don't know what's going on, you know, this, that and the other. And I think that was the most challenging part that I couldn't, you know, bring them back to the pub, sit them down, have a chat with them, get them pints and make sure they were okay. It was quite difficult to leave some people sometimes after I bumped into them and going, Oh, I've got to go. We can't really just stand here and talk all day because you know it's against restrictions and things like that. And now I'm just generally worried about most of my customers. I think that was the most challenging part. Customers were just so lost and seeing them just walk around aimlessly and just lost themselves. Now I found that the most challenging thing: not being able to help the people that I saw on a daily, you know, everyday basis. How important was having some structure? Um, to help your mental health? No, I'd say with the structure, it was kind of having like a regime every day and being like like a tick list off in my head and being like, oh, I'll wake up, I'll work out, I'll have breakfast, I'll go for my walk seven miles in the opposite direction to go to Asda, I'll 
come back, I'll pack up everything that I'll needed uh, to take to the post office, kind of step a different walk, come back and go, oh, I'll cook my tea now. And then I'll be like, oh, I've allotted this time for kind of gaming and stuff. I think like the allotting time thing was just, it helped so much with mental health because I was always occupied. I was always doing something. So I didn't kind of think of like the doom and gloom of the situation I was in, not being able to see anybody or do anything. I was like, oh, I've got this to do today. Oh, I've got this to do today. And it really helped me in a positive light. And I'd say with the working out as well and having that structure and like writing things down, which really kind of helped keep my, my sanity intact. Because I've like, I think it was like three, four weeks into it, I had this mini training plan. And then I'd sat there one afternoon at the bar, just writing what I'm going to do next. Then going, oh, that's good. Oh, I'll do that. Oh, that seems fun. And then the next day doing it going, oh, that wasn't fun. I didn't like that. That hurt. Um, and then obviously doing it again the next day. But uh, no, I'd say the regiment kept my mental health in good check. For just keeping myself occupied, not thinking about what was going on and kind of in a way making it the norm in my head. From your experience, if you had to give someone who is struggling with their mood some advice, what would that be? <laughs> I think especially during the lockdown and kind of the uncertain times as well. Uh, the one thing I found really helpful during like the second lockdown, which I haven't spoke about yet, is I deleted all social media and that made my mental health so much better than seeing like, oh, I've made a cake today or, oh, I've you know, I can't do this anymore. Just kind of keeping away from like the negativity of everything. And definitely I tried to stay away from watching Boris Johnson give any type of speech. That, so that would be my advice. Keep busy, delete social media and don't just, you can get for it. Yeah. Talk to people when you feel down as well. You know, don't be scared to reach out and go, oh, I'm having a bit of a rubbish day today. How are you doing? And hopefully that person isn't on the other end going, I'm living the same day every day, which I, I phoned one of my friends and that happened. I was like, oh, I feel worse than I did. Phone the enthusiastic friend more than anything. <laughs> what kinds of challenges have you and your staff faced in the hospitality sector? <laughs> so much. Um, I think when the COVID thing started and we started noticing getting really bad, um, it was like before the first lockdown when uh, Boris told everyone that we're not going to close the pubs, just don't go. And it was like, oh, that's great. And yeah, that really got my staff worried at first because I had to, my, my boss is like, you've got to cut people's hours, you've got to do this, that, and the other because nobody's come to the pub this week. I know they were really all scared for their jobs because, you know, the government just kind of threw us under a bus. And then, you know, Lucky enough, after when they said, oh, they're going to lock us down, we're like, okay, yeah, that's something, but what do we do from now? And then they said, oh, yeah, you could, we're going to give you money, we're going to give you furlough, stuff like that. So that kind of, that kind of gave my staff a bit more kind of like, oh, it's not the end, yeah, we're okay. And my bosses were great. They were very much like, everyone's fine, we're going to make sure everyone's okay, and, you know, don't, don't worry, and yeah, tell everybody it's going to be okay, we'll, we'll see you on the other end. So then we had the uncertainty of, you know, when's the lockdown going to end? When are we going to open the bar? You know, when are people going to come in? What's it going to look like? You know, there was speculation so much between me and um, my assistant manager who lives with me and uh, my girlfriend at the time. 
and we were just like what's it gonna look like you know we're gonna have to like walk over with a, one of them litter picker uppers with a pint and plonk it down on their table and then run away we're, it's starting to get a bit more normal than it was because you know we're going back to well, getting rid of plan b or you know tier six or whatever they're calling it you know i kind of lose track with all the numbers letters and everything else and uh, people are coming back to the pub and the staff are going oh people are back but then the silly people in january all decided you know we, we've not been in the pub at all this year we're going to stop drinking for a month it's like right can't wait till february <laughs> kyle i was wondering um how have you and your staff stayed positive throughout um, the lockdowns and overcome the challenges? I'd say, I think the best thing was like constant communication. You know, we'd all talk about once a week and I'd check in and make sure they were okay. And then occasionally I'd bump into members of staff and I was walking around and like, oh, let's go for a coffee standing outside in, in the distance or, yeah. There was actually one of my members of staff who had a brilliant idea. Um, his name is Jack. And um, so once a week, he'd go onto Facebook Live and it, what he, he called it Club Chef because he used to be a chef here, but now he works behind the bar. And he'd just sit there having a drink, uh, live, live camera on Facebook, and he'd just list off music and play music in the background and tell people to listen to this and like tag different friends in them and go, oh, I thought of you when I... I did, I put this song on, or I, I thought of you when um, I was playing this, or oh, do you remember when we listened to that behind the bar constantly? And um, I'd say he, he definitely kept the most upbeat out of everybody while doing that. And he, he made the rest of his chuckle. Um, I think at one point during the lockdown, me and my sister manager were sitting in the front room, we ended up putting it on the, um, I've got a projector, and we ended up putting his, his face on the projector while he was doing this, and then sending the videos of themselves. And he was like, oh, you haven't put me on the projector, have you? Oh, no. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we're doing it. Like, this is us. He's like, I appreciate it, but really, why have you done this? <laughs> and um, yeah, just a, some of the staff as well ended up having like their own little projects. Like, one of the staff we worked here was um, a girl called Julie. She was an artist, so she ended up kind of keeping up with her artwork at that. And we had Ben, my assistant manager, who I thought was just locked in his room all the time because he lives with me. And then I realized that like in the middle of the night, he was going down and deep cleaning my cellar and painting it and stuff like that. And I was just like, I walked down there one time to check if it was okay. And I was like, oh, this is a different color. When did this happen? You know, <laughs> did I miss something? Because he's very much a night owl when I was even kind of regimented with my app, you know, when I was awake, when I was asleep. And he was very quiet in it. But I always find like the big trail of side accounts down there when I noticed he started doing it. Kyle, you also took on a personal project during these lockdowns. I'll be interested to know, and I'm sure everyone else is. Can you tell us a bit about this? So yeah, in the second lockdown, as I kind of got through the first month, I was very much like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm keeping myself regimented, but I need something else, you know, keep my mind preoccupied. And then that's when I came up with, um, my little eBay business, I started selling collectibles, um, which at first was just like, oh, I'll just throw them on, like 10 of them on, see how they do, and put them on bidding. And then it was constantly checking that and um, doing that, packaging things up. And then by well, the first 10, I was like, oh, that's really good. Let's throw the rest of them on. Um, and that kind of emptied up my house with all the stuff that I had. I had like 
oh god i couldn't even count i think it was like 130 of these things that i ended up selling and which was like constantly checking ebay checking um prices online of how much things were and doing it competitively you know talking to customers who were buying stuff off me and asking me questions and stuff like that and it it definitely kept me um on my toes bar when um maybe i wake up in the morning and i've got like 10 things that have been sold when i've been asleep going oh that's my day i'm doing that today <laughs> uh, running back and forth to the post office because i don't have a car and uh, the walks were quite nice and it was sometimes the uh, ladies at the post office would see me like three or four times a day and like really i'm like yeah i'm having a good day today i've made god knows how much money no uh, it's it was quite a it was something to do and it felt like i was still working in a way because obviously the bar was closed i felt like that was my job during the lockdown was selling these things and dealing with customers that way and it kind of gave me a little bit of slice of normality actually uh, my housemate his personal project was he changed from one room in my house to a different one ended up painting it and ended up doing all kinds of this room and it looks a lot nicer than it did which i'm very thankful for to save me painting it <laughs> A big thank you to Kyle Darling for taking part in the Sound Ideas to Share COVID and I podcast. No, no, thank you for having me. No, it's been a pleasure.